Hello, and welcome to NACA Radio. I'm your host, Helen Hazelwood Isaac, and today we have a special interview with Chilean artist Nano Stern. It was conducted um, for us by a guest producer, Julia Bernal. So Julia is here with me today to introduce that interview. Julia, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself um, and then maybe a little bit about the interview? Sure, absolutely. Um, so as you said, my name is Julia Burnell. I am currently working in Washington, D.C. and completing my Master's of International Affairs at George Washington University's Elliott School. Um, I've lived and worked in Latin America, including spending a couple of years in Chile. And in Chile, new and old music traditions continue to meld. So you can really hear that in the interview and in Nano Stern's music. I recently had the opportunity to speak with Nano Stern. He's a Chilean musician. Um, we spoke at a strange and momentous day in each of our countries. I was sitting here in Washington, D.C. during the inauguration of the Trump administration, and he was in Chile uh, surrounded by a cloud of orange smoke that was a result of massive forest fires that devastated much of the central zone um, between Temuco and Talca. Um, as I said, he's a Chilean musician. He combines influences of the Nueva Canción movement, uh, which was a music, musical movement of activists during the Pinochet dictatorship. Uh, includes people such as Victor Jara. And he combines that with uh, other musical influences, rock, jazz, and something unique to him. He was born in Chile. He spent many years living and making music in Europe. And he returned to live in Santiago and has made Chile his, his home base. Um, however, he does continue to travel and tour extensively and is currently on a North American tour with dates in the U.S. and Canada. And he'll be continuing on to Europe at the end of March. He has 10 albums, um, including the most recent, Mil Quinientas Vueltas. And he discusses in the interview his work on some new EPs and music that he's uh, working on currently. Nano Stern's music connects the personal with the political and the natural world. And uh, you can hear all of it in a wide-ranging conversation um, that included discussion of his music and his creative process, the political climate, the history of Chile, and how nature touches our lives. Great. That sounds fantastic. I am very excited to listen to this interview. Um, also, for those of you who are listening from New York City, um, Nano is indeed on a North American tour right now. And this Friday, March 17th, that's a Friday, right? Um, yes, it is. Nano is uh, going to be at Verso Books in Brooklyn. That's uh, Verso Books in Brooklyn at 6.30 p.m. on Friday the 17th. Uh, he's going to be playing some music, I believe, and also uh, joining in a conversation with Nakla about politics, activism, and creative expression in Chile and Latin America today. Um, so that'll be an event uh, this coming Friday. Uh, so Julia, do we want to listen to this interview? Absolutely. Sounds good. Okay. Well, welcome, Nano. And thank you for talking with me today. Uh, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. And uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm in the middle of the summer here in Chile. It's a very strange day today as we talk with 
Trump being uh, inaugurated as president and we have a big, the biggest wildfire in the history of this region in Chile. So our sky is orange, which is a bit of a weird coincidence, a bit of a strange, strange feeling. Reflecting a little of our new reality. Absolutely. I think uh, like pretty much everyone else in the world, a little bit shocked that this day actually came and uh, and that, that, that this is now the reality of things. No? It's hard to, to, to grasp. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, if it's okay, I would like to begin the interview today asking you a little bit about how you got into music. Um, mm -hmm. I understand it was at a, a very early age. Yeah, I think uh, I was very privileged and extremely lucky because music has been around me ever since I was born, before I was born even. On the one side, my older sister, uh, who's 13 years older than me, uh, was already very much into music and songwriting and, I don't know, Silvio Rodriguez and Victor Jara listening to this music as I was being born. You know? So it was always around me, but also, and, and, and coming from even before in my personal history, my, my, both my grandparents, my grandfathers, uh, were playing music. One of them, my, on my mother's side, on a semi-professional scale. They were both immigrants uh, fleeing from Europe uh, in between or during World War II. And they came uh, from Hungary and from Germany playing the accordion and the violin each. So uh, one of them, my father's father passed away before I was born, but my mother's father was very much around. And uh, and until and he, he passed away on the day of my fifth birthday, which was exactly when I was just beginning to play play the violin uh, for other incredible circumstances of life. I, I was lucky to begin playing on a very young age, but I had this image of my grandfather playing what I used to call the, the piano chiquitito, the little piano. No, I didn't know what was this accordion thing, but there was a piano and there was a little one and he played it. And it was such a joy for the family. No, it was the, the heart of the whole of the of every celebration. He used to play for the community as well, you know, in a, in a very social uh, uh, understanding of, of the sort of the town uh, musician. No, uh, given that he lived his his old life in Santiago in a huge city, but he belonged to a small community of migrants, so he was in a way uh, a town musician. No, and this was a very strong image. And as I said before, I was lucky because my mom was struggling to take my my older brother to to a concert, to an orchestra concert, and my brother, who was then I think ten years old, of course, like every ten year old wanted to do anything before going to the orchestra. He wanted to go out and play with his friends. Mm -hmm. So he made a big, big scandal until my mom said, okay, whatever, I'm going to take the little one. So she took me instead <laughs> and I was exposed to this music and I saw the violin and I saw the orchestra and I was to her like, this is it, this is this is what I want to do. She was very, I think, uh, smart in recognizing that I was very, very much into that. Yeah, wow. So I just, so I, so I started playing, no, I... Uh, also, in, a, in, a, in, a, in another kind of beautiful turn of life, I was put in touch with, with the Suzuki method. I don't know if you ever heard of this, but it's a very different approach on teaching music to, to children. Very different from the traditional conservatory style. Much more uh, based on, on an organic way of learning things. Not imposed and not through negative reinforcement, but rather more uh, learning from the experience of how children learn how to speak and make understanding that music is also uh, a language, no? or more than a language. It's like a parallel universe of languages, and that you should learn through imitation and through playing and through positive reinforcement the whole time. And my teacher, who, who I was so privileged to learn from, was also an immigrant from Peru, which, which is quite a 
special thing now that I've grown uh, older. It's uh, it's kind of hard to, to 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 grasp how much of a privilege it was for me to learn from a Peruvian woman because Peruvians are very much subject to prejudice in Chile mm-hmm. and they are they are always looked down upon and and for me it's the other way around like my second mother in life and my mother in music was this woman who came from this poorer country up north you know uh, with darker skin and coming here to teach and I, I as a child I was exposed on the one side to my grandfather who was a refugee and to this woman who came to teach you know looking for a better life for her and so I was I think very 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 privileged in 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 how music came, you know, into my life. Yes, absolutely. And it sounds like you were surrounded by the politics of it, even if you were unaware. Yeah, that's what, exactly what I mean. I was being exposed to a reality that was shaping also my myself from the very beginning, from my first uh, steps in music, in a way that was uh, silently and uh, indirectly very political as well, no? and very much determined by social and historical and political circumstances. Here in the United States, we are approximately three hours into the presidency <laughs> of Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> what what role do you think uh, you and other artists can play in responding to the rise of Trump in the United States um, and the rise of this uh, type of extreme ideology around the world? Well, I think first uh, it's that 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 music. Uh, can be such a powerful uh, tool in terms of hope. No, I think that hope is something that has been manipulated tremendously. No, like uh, uh, if you see Obama's campaign, it's all based around hope, and it was a very inspiring moment. I think it's everyone probably is remembering eight years ago, no, today, and saying, "Wow, what a difference!" No, what a moment of of beauty when you saw Aretha Franklin singing for the world. And, and it was like a moment in which it felt almost that hope was actually transforming into a reality. No? Now we go back. I mean, not even back to that point, but I think way back before. And hope has to be there, has to be present. And music and song is such an important aspect. No? There is no revolution without songs. No? It was said here in Chile by Salvador Allende. And I think that's very true. And we have to be, we have to be in the service also of, of, of the process of resistance no? to such horrible, I mean, lack of common sense, lack of human dignity that is being pushed onto us, you know, by the rise to power of such a incredibly, uh, how to say it, you know, uh, in, in indignifying, I don't know if you have this word in English, uh, it, it takes away the dignity of, 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 of community, I think, when a leader like this arises, you know. So we as musicians, we have to give hope we have to give beauty we have to remain crit- crit- uh, in, a, in a critical attitude no to what's going on and again we have to go out there and just put a little seed of beauty into everyone's heart and and remind each other that we are a community music is such a beautiful 
tool in terms of building communities. No, when you sing together with someone, when you find common sense, common a sense of community rather than common sense through song, then you are united immediately, and and it provides fertile ground for for people to organize and to come together. No, so every concert in that way is a little rally. No, it's a little opportunity to gather and look each other in the face and say, okay, this is a disgrace what is going on, but we are stronger. No, I don't want to sound overly political in terms of campaign you know all of obama's campaign comes to mind and you could say yes we can or we're stronger together and all this which honestly is also a lot of blah 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 you know if you don't put it down but but we are communicators firstly no we have music as an enormous enormously uh, powerful and strong emotional tool and i think that's where we have to start Carnavalito del cien pies, de las patitas siempre da diez. Baila que baila sin un traspié, baila derecho, baila al revés. Carnavalito del cien pies, mueve las patitas siempre da diez. Baila que baila sin un traspié, baila derecho, baila al revés. As you've been, you've been speaking, um, your song Ser Pequeño has come to mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. Uh, for me and... It seems to pay homage to the vastness of the universe and mm-hmm. recognize how little we are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I think when, when things turn really bad, you know, and you feel really, really, really um, in danger, I think it's very comforting to remind ourselves how small and insignificant we are and how small and insignificant Trump is and everything that we've talked about. You know, in the end, when you open up the scale a little bit, it's, everything is peaceful somehow. Soy un ser pequeño, parte de las cosas, y vivo en un puntito azul. Voy a la deriva, gira que te gira, en torno a un En un mundo grande, lleno de vacío, donde hay calor, también frío. En donde hay sombras y luz. Do you mm-hmm. feel a difference? Is there a difference in... Your live concerts in Chile or abroad in other countries? Yeah, I think uh, every concert is completely different one to the other. And of course, when you change the context so radically as to go into a different country, different culture, it changes even more. No, uh, when we go to play abroad to a country that is non-Spanish speaking, of course, uh, it changes very much. You know, because I have to put a lot more focus on storytelling, on putting a context to what we're playing, and then a lot more focus on the music itself, you know, on the power of the of the expression of music and not rely on people understanding what you're saying. That's a big challenge and very interesting. And I was lucky to start playing uh, in places where people didn't understand me from a young age and from the beginning of my career. So my, my live performance style, I think, has developed from that basis that people have no clue what I'm saying and that you should just leave it totally expressive with your body, with, with your music, with your stories, with everything around it, no, and, and and try to involve people so that they are not uh, feeling like they are attending some 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 
uh, foreign sort of exotic thing, but that they're actually just there making music together, you know, being part of a ritual. Doesn't matter if you're singing in Chinese or in English or in Spanish or whatever, you know, it's music that is connecting you. Yes, absolutely. You can you can feel that storytelling even in your recorded music in your mm. most recent album, Mil Quinientas Vueltas. <laughs> Thank um, you. It has it has urgency through it, even though the songs range in in topic and in tempo. You can really feel sort of a driving force of energy behind it. Ah, thank you. So, what is what's next for you here in the coming new year? Um, it's a very exciting year. Uh, there's a lot of new music, and I'm mostly focused on that. I'm recording a series of different EPs, each one very different to another and very different to anything that I've done before. Uh, and creatively, it's a great uh, experience to be living after releasing Mil Quinientas. That was a big album with a gold record and blah, 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 and a lot of industry behind it. I've, I've, I've gone back to independent uh, status so that I can really have full uh, control on every part of the process and, and not be a how do you say, a slave of hype, no? but rather just focus on, on what is important to me. And then on the other side, there's a lot of live uh, activity, touring this year. Uh, we are touring through the country in this month of uh, January, February. Then we go to North America for shows in the US and Canada in March. Then I go to Spain in April. And then I'm going to be playing in Mexico and then in Europe for a little tour in the summer there and so on and so on. Back to the U.S. in November and lots of touring in South America. So it's a, it's an all around year. Lots of things going on. Wonderful. Will we be able to hear some of the, the new EPs when you come to North America? I think so. I think so. I hope so. I'm looking forward to playing this new music live. It's a, it's a challenge, but I'm always up for a new challenge. Wonderful. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to share some of your thoughts on music and history and current affairs. I really appreciate <laughs> thank you. It. Thank you. My pleasure. I think it's a necessary catharsis on a day like this. Yes, absolutely. Good <laughs> thing to do on, on a day like this. Exactly. Something positive. Exactly. <laughs> we, have a, we have a beautiful, well, beautiful and sad memorial in the National Stadium in Santiago. And... Uh, I was invited to play there in the inauguration and, and they, they kept a part of the stadium as it is mm -hmm. while doing renovations because it, it used to be a concentration camp in the first days of the dictatorship. And it says such a beautiful thing. It says, un pueblo sin memoria es un pueblo sin futuro. A people without memory is a people without future. Mm -hmm. And especially in times like this, I guess it's important to, to go back and think a little bit and uh, reflect and leave your iPhones aside and just sit there and say, okay, Take a deep breath, and where do we go from now? Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Thank and you. It's, it's been My a pleasure. pleasure speaking with you. Likewise. So that was Nano Stern. Thank you so much for bringing us that interview, Julia. That was fantastic. Wonderful. I'm, I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Cool. So I know we won't see you uh, this Friday at Verso because you'll be traveling, um, but we really appreciate you bringing this for us and uh, hope that you're, you have safe travels. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Take care. That was Julia Burnell of George Washington University's Elliott School of International Affairs speaking with Chilean musician Nano Stern. 
If you're listening from New York City, you should definitely stop by Nako's event with Nano this Friday, March 17th, at Verso Books in Brooklyn. Nano is taking a break from his North American tour to talk with Nakla about activism and art and to share some of his music with us. The event is free and open to the public and starts at 6.30 p.m. You can also like Nakla at facebook.com slash Nakla and follow us on Twitter at Nakla. Check out Nakla.org to view original content updated every week, subscribe to the Nakla Report, and listen to old episodes of this podcast. Today's episode was produced by Julia Burnell and mixed by me. Our web editor is Laura Weiss, and our intro music is by Radio Harocho. Today we also featured some of Nano's music from his 2015 album, Mil Quinienta Vueltas, and from La Cosecha, which came out in 2013. To listen to Nano's music and find updates on his latest shows, go to nanostern.cl. Yo quisiera que la vida misma me muestre el camino.